Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info, and it, uh, I know we've said this probably a few shows in a row now, Scott, but some stuff happened. <laughs> Just a, a yeah. few things in very, very recent history uh, that may be of interest to a few people in the Transformers TCG fandom. Just a little bit. A little bit. If you're listening to this, I would hope so, yeah. Yes, exactly. That <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you probably know what we're talking about, but I'm going to dance around it for a little bit and get into it a little later on. Or, you know what? What the hell? Shout out to uh, Vector Sigma teammate Dan Arnold for being our world champion. Congratulations. It was a very well-deserved win. Um, I'm going to give you another shout out in a little while when we get to that section, but I, I got excited. I couldn't contain myself. Fair. um as you can tell by my slight cough it's uh recovering from the con and uh, i can see a few people in chat were talking about that they're a little beat up are you feeling okay after packs unplugged scott i was really i was really tired yesterday i was pretty tired this morning at work um but i think for some i think like right this moment i'm okay but i was pretty tired today earlier yeah i'm not gonna lie getting back to work was uh it was very much that weird, like, you're coming out of a dream state sort of thing, where it's like, you had this surreal experience at the Energon Invitational, it was a lot of fun, met a lot of people, and we're going to get into that in a little while, and then it's like, at least for me, bang, right back into the real world, and I'm sure a lot of other people had that same experience as well, where it's snapped back to reality, and, uh, well, Christmas is around the corner, so it's getting all that stuff ready and end of the year and it it very much ripped me right out of that that fun warm fuzzy (laughs) uh i mean i saw a meme today that showed that like uh what is it like the this week and last week are like you fake doing work next week you just totally just give up on even (laughs) attempting to do any work uh believe me they're there are a few people I know that are following that exact plan. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I don't have that luxury because I, yeah, I got some year-end stuff I got to get done. But that's another story. Anyway, um, so before we get into talking about the main event, there is or are a few other events that we wanted to give a quick shout out to. By the time you're hearing this, if you're not watching it live, one of them will have already happened, but the other one is coming up at the end of January, and that is, of course, the Pro Play Tour. So they already had the event in Dallas that definitely informed some of the things going into the Energon Invitational. Now that the Energon Invitational has happened, obviously that's going to inform these other two events. I'm very interested in seeing how they shake out. Uh, I wish I could be attending them. I definitely can't make this weekend. Um trying to see what can be done for January, personally. Yeah, same. Uh, do you think you're making a trip out there, Scott, to either of these? Not to, not to Vegas this weekend. I'm going <laughs> to do my best to go to Orlando, but there might be some uh, some work travel stuff that might get in the way. So right. I'll have to figure it out. Yeah, that, pretty that, che- it's, a, it's a pretty cheap ticket from here. Yeah, we were looking so. it up. Uh, even as a last-minute thing, it's po- entirely possible to make it there pretty, you know, pretty frugally. Um but it's still obviously short notice for, I think, most people if you haven't already decided. But there's clearly a plethora of information as a result of the Energon Invitational to 
define what's going in. So you at least don't have an excuse on the front of, well, what is the meta? What is there to play? What What's out there? No, and the best part is that you can now order a kit to have a qualifier in your local yes. store. Yes, that was actually... Uh, was that announced on Friday? It was relatively recently. No, it was even it was this week. Oh, it was, it was this, week. this week. Yeah, it. Uh, I saw that go up on Twitter, and I was very excited by that because it, it's really cool to again get that in store support, give people something to play for again, just like the uh, the EI qualifier season. Yeah, I think it's actually like I wish I would have known. It. I mean, I'll talk to PPG about maybe you know doing it a little bit early next time uh, mm-hmm. because it's something that might just take time, like you know. We had to find a date that was going to be convenient for us to be able to host one of the events. Of course, um, but it's but it's really cool because you get two slots. Um, I mean, honestly, the kit's kind of irrelevant, like the the swag that comes in the kit. But like, you that's know, you a sweet lanyard, them. though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you do get. You I do joke, get but like, it, it is cool that they do have something in there. It's not just yeah, yeah. hey, here's two uh, like dollar store raffle tickets. Those are your tickets to get into the event. Like, there there's some stuff in there. No, and the coolest part for me personally is like, so like my full intention, assuming I can go, was to LCQ for the event because mm-hmm. um, they're having they're running them. I think every hour, very similar to the LCQs that were at the Energon Invitational. Um, I think they're going to be E-Man pods, and then the person that wins the pod wins the uh, invitation to Sunday. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you can run one in your home store, assuming you win it, uh, means that you can go to a very touristy area for a tourist type, you know time while you're there right. and you don't have to feel like you have to because my intention was to go friday hopefully q and then not have to go saturday take saturday off yeah um and then well because the whole time. event the main event is contained self-contained on sunday right so it was going to be like you know hopefully q on saturday uh friday and then take saturday off and then go back on sunday but if if i'm queued ahead of time there'll be no rush to even do that so exactly i think it's just a great idea um like I said, uh, you have a month to take care of it. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this I mean, sets a precedent. I mean, do you though? <laughs> Just given the the specific month, but yeah, I, I well, get what you're saying. Yeah, they're due. They're due back. I think sometime like the 13th or something like that of January. So, oh, okay. Um, then you you have a few weeks at least. Like there are some windows. Yeah, it's just that I don't know what's going on in other TCGs, like specifically like magic over the next month. So I'm not really sure like how busy the schedule is for that. So I assume it's relatively mm-hmm. open given the season, but hopefully um, if you want to host one, you can find time with your store to right. to schedule something as long as you get, I think, you know, four to eight players, you're fine. Yeah. I mean, going forward, I don't know what the exact plan is on, on the PPG side is at this stage. I don't think they've said anything publicly as far as how this will look, you know, in March uh, after or sometime after, the championship are we immediately going to get these store kits is it going to be the store kits will be the quote-unquote lcqs outside of the main event like in the end of 2020 um i'm curious to see how that shakes out because there are a lot of benefits to getting the getting butts into the stores kind of thing as well as at all of the the destination events yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to them uh, more at length just because I mean I know that I know I don't want to you know speak out of turn but I know you know Wizards is pretty happy with the turnout that's happened for the first few mm-hmm. major events is looking at them as strong levels of competition for that level of event and absolutely um, I know that I know that they're taking like February off as a month to take off but that they'll announce PPG more. you mean 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll announce more <laughs> uh, monthly starting in March. But yeah, uh, given... If you watch our interview with Drew, uh, which is now live at the time of this recording, um, we, uh, we kind of expressed our concerns about there being a long layoff and the fact Absolutely. that players, players, quote, want to play for something. Um, I just think that the main event always being somewhere in the South Florida area, I assume it'll always be in either the Orlando or Miami area because PBG is based out of Miami and Orlando right. is a very, you know, a relatively cheap destination to have events like this because of how they shape out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that given that, I think it's a, it's a great, it's a great way for, you know, anybody from around the country. It's a, it's a, it's a true destination for a lot of people. So, um, you know, I, I don't, there's, there's a huge incentive for people to want to go to that. So I think that if we were to put these kits in the hands of, of players early, then early in the next season, which will, I think is like season three of PVG, but season two of Transformers PVG, mm. Um, it, it might fill that gap that may or may not exist. I don't want us to be out of turn for what may occur right. in the 2020 season, but exactly um, because that's all still being worked out. I know that for a fact. Um, and there may there'll hopefully be more to come soon. Um, so in case there is any kind of lull like that, at least we can you can have an, an event, a major a more major local event for your store that would lead to something else. Exactly. I mean, for me personally, I'm of the opinion that more is better so even if there is not a lull it gives you multiple opportunities of oh you know like we were just talking about real life gets in the way sometimes well okay you can hit it up next weekend at whether it's pbg event it's an official watsi event it's whatever it gives you more chances to sling transformers cards at a high level of competition which is at least that's the important part for me that it's like i'm going and it's the fun is the challenge. The fun is sitting down against people that know what they're doing and that are prepared and put in the effort and really testing your wits and skills. Um, that's not to say that it's not fun to, you know, play random stuff every once in a blue moon. But for me, it really is going to these big events, going to these long events, enjoying the atmosphere of those sort of things. I agree. And the one thing I'll say, and we will definitely get into this later, but <laughs> I guess... I guess it's a little unfortunate that it seems like a lot of these larger events seem to be back-to-back. Like, for example, PAX South is going to be a week before the PBG Tour Orlando. Yeah. Vegas is a week after Energy Invitational. I think what this basically shows you, and it's something that we'll definitely get into later, is that we as a Transformers TCG community need to grow the game to an extent, need to grow the competitive level of the game mm-hmm. to these types to, to host these types of events either on their own as not tied to other TCGs that are more of your breadwinners or... Or just other general events that may be totally unrelated. I mean, don't get get me wrong. It's fine to be at and like have a presence or even a major event at PAX South. But let's face it, the outside of PAX Unplugged, the PAX events are primarily video game focused. And I, I do love my video games, but it would be nice to have, you know a Grand Prix or whatever they want to call it for Transformers. It just makes it difficult. I just think that like as a community as a whole to have, I'm perfectly fine with having one major event every month, but having the back-to-back weeks just becomes difficult. And I understand logistics mm. are, were planned well ahead of time. Oh, and, of course. Uh, and like we said, it's the breadwinner type mentality, but like, and we can get into that mm. later, but, Oh yeah. Um, you know, 
it's just unfortunate because like it's just very difficult to be able to go to some of these things back to back. Absolutely. And again, it's, you know, the real life logistics of trying to do these things. It, Like I said, I do appreciate that there are so many, they can step on each other's toes to some extent. Like you said, if they're back to back in that fashion, not everybody can do the grinder thing of just come play an event, come home, turn around, jump on another plane, like a day later, two days later and fly across the country to somewhere else. Yeah, I, I think that's understood. I think it, I think I think that's being factored into like what makes these events a success. So I think it's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. It, at the end of the day, there's clearly an interest. There's clearly people that are involved and willing to travel, willing to play at this level. So let's just keep feeding it. Yep. Um, any other thoughts on Pro Play Tour? Season two, the championship coming up, Vegas, uh, predictions about what you think is going to take it based on this past weekend? Way too early for that. Fair. I don't, okay. I don't even know who's going. So Okay. That's completely understandable. So we'll, uh, I guess we can kind of roll into the, uh, the main event, which is, you know, kind of what <laughs> everybody should have been expecting. And that's because... The guy on your screen right now, Dan Arnold, again, congratulations. Our Energon Invitational champion took the whole thing down. You can see him there with that awesome-looking trophy. Uh, I don't think I pulled down the picture with all the other swag that he got, but there was a giant toy I'm a little jealous of uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Which wasn't that heavy. I carried it to the car. It actually wasn't that heavy. Well, I mean, it's relatively plastic. hollow plastic <laughs> at the end of the day um so yeah first first off congratulations to dan uh congratulations to everybody else who top aided um i kind of wanted to start out with shout outs scott i know the old traditional like way back early magic it would be props and slops all the way at the end of a tournament report but uh is there anything or anyone you wanted to call out at before we really get into stuff just quick shout outs uh, shout out to Pastime and the Watsi staff for running um, a very positive, very good event. Um, and we can get into this later. Yep. But these events are never easy to put on. These events cost money to run at a major convention like this. Um, and especially in in a game that's so new, um, I think I think they did an admirable job of getting you know the pairings up there and getting everybody in their seats. And basically, you know. When when you really needed somebody, eventually they came by. When you you had an issue, you could always you know I could always appeal to John and his staff. So it really wasn't a big deal for me. Um, I thought the stream coverage was really good on Sunday. Um, shout out to Matt. <laughs> I uh, for a second I thought you were going to go shout out to Scott Landis. He did yeah. a great job on yeah. the mic. <laughs> no, shout out to Matt for Matt Smith of the, of, of Watsi for organizing uh, all that, as well as um, you know I just. Uh, being being somebody on the inside of a game that is able to see it from the competitive standpoint, I think it was was really cool. Mm. Um, I just ha I haven't interacted with people from the company on that level. I think probably ever, where like somebody that's in that kind of position really has a beat on the what they feel is going to do well in competitive scene and like understands that aspect of it, especially on a game so new. Right. Um. To Drew for letting you know always being at the forefront of the community and I saw him do interviews, but I, you know, I feel like ours at this point with him are just extremely conversational. Yeah. It definitely and has gotten to that point, not to break your train of thought, but I feel, 
I mean, the reality is when you, you've, the first time we interviewed him actually at PAX last year, you know, understandably it's, well, we had some technical difficulties, but it's also a little stilted just because it's understanding what the relationship is, where we can take certain conversations, how to, you know, just interact with a new person. So I agree that yeah. it's gotten to the point where I feel much more comfortable speaking with whether it's Drew, Matt, or any other members of the Watsi team, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, in terms of players, um, like we can get into that later <coughs> mm-hmm. um, in terms of some of the six, but I would just say, you know, shout out to Dan and the team and to um, really everybody involved. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that, I think it was just a very fun, very uh, positive event all around. Very, what, what really impresses me, honestly, is the competitive level of the event. Yeah. Um, you know, how do I say it? Uh, like the cream cr- truly rose to the top of this event, and sometimes skimmed yeah. just beneath, just just beneath the surface. Well, I mean, um, when you have this quantity of strong players, like sometimes that's going to happen. <laughs> well, I just mean, I mean, like you didn't have to bring your A game; you had to bring your A plus game because. Yeah. I mean, and again, we can get into this later, but like you know, you know, people that might have had a good event just didn't wind up where they expected themselves to be based on competition they've had at other. Well, I think it definitely, when you have, again, this, it was what, 162 was the final count, I want to say? Oh, I thought it was 158, so that's good with me. I thought it was in the the 160s, but somewhere around there, we'll say. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have that quantity of players, obviously, everybody earned their invite, uh, whether it was from Gen Con, it was Origins, it was stores, whatever. And some of the store events were pretty large themselves. People show, like you said, people showing up, this was going to be the best players in the world. You had to really fight the gauntlet. No given round was going to be a gimme. You know, like that's why earning and fighting your way through that humongous threatening gauntlet from round one into Sunday is so impressive and why the the mental stability and endurance of each of the competitors that made it that far is so impressive. Yeah. And there's there's a lot there to unpack, so... We oh, yeah. There, so, real quick aside, give people a, uh, a slight peek behind the curtain, because I have a few shout-outs I want to throw out there, too. Or if you had more, Scott, I can hand it back to you. Uh, Scott and I and a couple of the guys from Vector Sigma, we got together the other day to say, okay, we, we want to produce a bunch of content regarding the... Uh, energon invitational how do we you know how do we break it up what topics are we going to cover how are we going to do this and scott had asked me well how many tech talks do you think we can do covering the energon invitational and i only it was only like 25 percent joking when i said we could probably drag this out to like may because there, there's just so many different facets that i think are interesting whether it's actual in-depth meta-analysis or the meta-analysis of the event, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, not like from a a deck versus deck standpoint, but like all the different facets of the event, or it's just the logistics of the event, or it's this about the event, or that about the event, and like a lot of these sentences are going to become very much run-ons as I'm I'm going through, so I apologize in advance. 
Well, I think, I think, I mean, outside of, so if we put Origins aside, because it was basically announced two weeks before mm-hmm. it actually happened, and if we include Gen Con, this is really only the second event where anything we've talked about pre-event could actually be analyzed as to how correct or incorrect our assumptions going into it were. So yeah. if we're sitting here holding ourselves out as experts in tournament advice saying like you know you should be prepared for x and then like we do or don't see x like that's a whole show in of itself you know what i mean like exactly yeah so yeah there's there's so many details that you can pull apart uh, just any level of analysis and we can really dive into it so expect Ah. us to talk about the ei for a while um we're going to try and make it as coherent as possible, but especially in this initial one, it's very much a, at least for me, going to be kind of a, a brain dump of all the things that were awesome about it. Um, so to that end, Scott, were there any other shout outs that you wanted to, to get in before I threw some out there? Again, like most of them involve players and like mm-hmm. the team and things like that, but we'll get into that as we, if we get oh, yeah. to so aside from those, and obviously, like Scott said, to Pastimes and Watsy, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, all the different people that had come up to me throughout the weekend, because apparently I have a very recognizable voice. I don't know if people care about the mug now that I, I joke to people, nobody cared about me until I took off the mask. Uh, <laughs> but I know a few people had come up, well, more than a few people had come up to you, Scott, independently, as well as in addition to other members of our team, just to say that they appreciated what we do. Somebody actually, a couple people actually asked for my autograph. So Same shout out, shout out to idea. Joel because he was the very first. So shout out, man. I I joked with him afterwards because he came to hang out with us, which we'll get into this later after the event. Uh, we all went out to, to at happy hour that Scott was inviting everybody to. And I told him when he first came up to me and said that, I thought he was messing with me. Like I thought it was a prank because clearly... Other than paying for a bill, nobody's ever asked for my signature for anything before. So it was it was very much, like I said earlier, a surreal experience in a very positive way. It was really cool. Um, and I told, I think, everybody that came up to me, and if I didn't, and you're listening to this, here you go. It is very much appreciated when people come up. So a big thank you to everybody that had kind words for us. Uh, it was amazing and it is also important because as i told a few people i can see the numbers on the podcast downloads i can see the likes and dislikes or whatever on the youtube videos but it's it's very different when a human being comes up to you to shake your hand to say hey i think you're doing a good job or you know keep up the good work or whatever or just to say hi i listen to you all the time or even if somebody came up to me and told me no you suck but it at least they're they're saying it to my face <laughs> so uh it was definitely awesome so shout out to all those people that were there yeah i agree <laughs> all those words yep thumbs up well you said it, you said it better than i probably could uh, so. well i know it, and like i said i know a bunch of people had come up to you scott as well for basically the same purpose it was it was really cool i'm we didn't start doing this for the like the fame but it it was it was really cool to meet people there were other people that i did the same thing to like i went up to them because i knew who they were and, and introduced myself uh it was it's cool as always to talk to the watsy team i got matt smith to sign my blaster which was part of the highlight of the weekend that was really cool for me um and there's a, there's a bunch of other stuff that 
we'll get into as we dive in. But I want to call those out after giving Dan the quick shout out for the, the taking home the W. Yeah, I guess I guess the one overall thing I'll say is that it's well, the thing I really appreciate is what people don't what people don't I guess really don't understand. It's been a little bit over a year now, and I've played card games for twenty five years, and there's been no year in card games, and this includes like World of Warcraft and writing for them and working with them and things like that. Like, which is probably the game I've done the most work with. That has been more more exciting and more rewarding than this year overall. Right. Um, both from a both from a team standing standpoint, individual accomplishments, and but basically just like standing within the community and interacting with the community and helping people improve. So I appreciate that for this year as well. But we'll probably just do a whole show on that, I assume, at some point. So. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, <laughs> we we got a few on the yeah. in store. So uh, yeah. going forward, definitely, if you see any of us at any event, by all means. I, I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but at least for me, feel free to come up to me. Uh, I'll probably be running my mouth like I do on this show, so feel free to interrupt me. Um, and I, I'm always willing to say hi to people and talk to everybody uh, if you have feedback or anything like that. It, again, it was really cool. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so I guess that, that kind of segues, and I'm sure we'll loop back because, like I said, this is very much going to be a meandering, roaming interweaved discussion about the event as a whole but let me kick it to you scott because we you had mentioned offline that you kind of want to talk about the lead up to the event and what the the preparation was what we did beforehand all that kind of stuff so let me hand the baton off to you yeah so i remember we you you me and dan all met at a store in westchester which um we usually just meet at just because it's convenient there's a lot of tables there on a sunday and i had printed out a and there's a dairy queen and there's a Dairy Queen <laughs> and a good and a good Mexican restaurant. I think this is the day that place is really there. good. Like I, yeah, I, I used to live out in that area, and I'd always drive past it. And I'm glad we went there because that place is really good. But anyway, not, not to I think, sidetrack. <laughs> I think this is the day we actually went there. Yeah. Um, and I, I printed out a bunch of color printouts for, um, for Siege Two, and I, and it wound up, in the end, it wound up being a complete waste of time because even though I said, like, we should start playtesting cards as they come out mm-hmm. cards like javelin and sabotage armaments came out on the like the last day the spoilers were <laughs> yeah, they, released they so. kind of threw a wrench in the, in the plan yeah a little so bit like a little bit so like spin spinster decks were out the window and things like that so i was really, really like, up on spin i was like man i'm gonna make a spinister deck and it's like no yep. no you're not <laughs> <laughs> so you know in the end like a lot of that pre-prep like didn't matter but, but what i will say is like this is probably the most intense um, testing month for any event I've had, and to be honest with you, it really wasn't even that much live testing or that much, um, like you know, online testing or anything like that. Because I think I think the big thing for me was the roller coaster ride of the month. So I mean, I think you could tell through the podcast, but basically, like you know, we had ideas in the beginning, and some of them stuck, and some of them didn't. Um, some of them stuck a really long time. And but the the whole specter of the preparation was really there was like you know a shadow looming over us of, of, the air, of, of whatever the phrase is. I, I was I was trying to think of a quick Lord of the Rings reference, but yes. um, I couldn't I yeah. couldn't get it fast enough. <laughs> right. So the shadow looming over us was the daring escape deck and the combo decks in general. And yes. 
and even though they were still existing in some in some way, shape, or form, they were sort of muted by the week before the event. Yes, but um, but 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 in terms of a lot of that, um, the reason I say that we didn't get a lot of live testing in, I think what we were able to do as a team was, I think we've reached a point where we can kind of walk through situations and walk through deck construction and things like that as a as a group and have group conversations like you know mostly on discord and things like that just to make it easier but in but in person also like not not every testing session was dominated by playing games right um you know on logistics and and things like that and like we were able to we were able to say like you work on this deck you work on that deck what are you working on you know have active forums things like that and have a real team effort even when we weren't actually grinding games right i think that was that was like what was most important and and to be honest with you I, I think the other thing that was important was so we you know we we made a conscious effort going into the energon invitational that we were going to that we needed to expand our roster of players and having worked with um a lot of the players from pbg in the past peripherally um it just became very obvious that we should just work with them on a more permanent basis right so um between george machado and andrew duvall from Miami, uh, we were able to, you know, gain new members. And there were others that were after the event that we could talk about at a later time. But the, but the fact of the matter just was that we were able to trust results that other players were giving us and right. take them as fact without really having to put them through the ringer because essentially we... There's not enough we time our, to digest everything. Like, there was just volume of work. Right. right. So I would so I would say basically like the big things were what was going on with the daring escape how are we going to adapt to it where are we going to play it and then the frustration that occurred either you know in peripheral ways because of it but you can go back to our old podcast and listen yeah. to them you can probably tell the frustration <laughs> we, we had on. a few things to say about it at various points yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of real life events going on at the time there was just a lot going on but I but I don't think but what what impresses me the most is that like none of that really seemed to obviously in the end get in the way. Um, so, you know, shout out to the team and to everybody involved because, you know, I think I, I'm always going to say we can probably have done more, but I'm not really sure the I'm not really sure the results would bear that out. So I, I don't right. know, you know, there were definitely things I would do differently. Um, but I think, as a month leading up to an event where an entire, where I would, I guess I would argue is probably the second most powerful set of, of the game of the four sets. I can that see come that, out. yeah. You know, like, I just think that there was a lot of work that was done. Um, if you look through, if you, if you look through both the character, especially on the battle deck side of a lot of the decks, you'll definitely see, I would argue there's probably more of an influence on the battle deck side than the characters, but there was a lot of influence character side as well absolutely yeah but i would say obviously as usual the battle deck side is more ubiquitous because it doesn't really matter the card's good it's going to be shown up in multiple types of decks that's kind of how it works yeah <laughs> right right but so you know but that that sometimes takes harder you know longer to test because you can usually write off a character or accept the character right away but the battle deck side can be more difficult especially when you're adapting existing lists absolutely so so yeah, there was just a lot, a lot of work that went into it, but I think a lot of work, it's not just playing games, is my point. There's 
a lot of logistical things that had to be figured out, like, you know, setting up dinners or setting up Airbnbs, you know, things like that, that we, that we did. Mm. Well, speaking of that, uh, not to, if you had any more points, I didn't want to cut you off, but moving to there, why don't you explain a little bit about what happened as we get closer to the event? Because like you said, when we first started out, we finally, well, we started getting spoilers and we finally had the whole spoiler. And then it was, oh God, there's this (laughs) looming danger or impending doom in the daring escape deck. And then that got resolved uh, and then, or sort of resolved because it is legitimately still a thing um, in, in different forms. As we got closer to the event, do you want to talk a little bit about like what it was actually being there? Or did, was there something else in the middle you want to cover before we get to like Thursday? No, I mean, like I said, I mean, the, the one thing I can say, and, and this again would be a whole, this will definitely be a whole show unto itself, but like if you can surround yourself with players that are on your level or at least not necessarily on your level from a you know, if you consider yourself to be an elite player and, and, and they may not be in your level playing wise, but if they're on your level from a caring perspective, that's very important because you can't I coach can effort. Up, well, I can pick up the phone and call you or I can pick up the phone and call Dan whenever I wanted. Mm-hmm. And you obviously I don't mean the caveat part when it comes to you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um but um <laughs> Well, in that case I that, get yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. That's not what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um <laughs> But like you guys like people care. Yeah, so, like I think that's very, I think that's very important because, you know, there is a lot that goes on in your head, and like if you have outlets to be able to discuss that with, even if it's not in again like a sitting down and playing games, formal session, I think that's very important to get ideas, mm-hmm. whether it's in game or out of game, off your chest at various times. I just think that's the most important aspect of playing with other players or having a team, however you want to call it. Right, if it's not an official team; it could just be other people because, you know. I just find that to be an important outlet. So Well, it's important to be able to bounce ideas. Like you said, it, you can grind a million games, but if it's just you putting the thought in there, it clearly it's not going to be as efficient as with other people, as well as you're still only really getting your perspective of things. Like you said, being able to just jump on the phone real quick, hop on our forums or jump in the discord or any of the other 15,000 communication methods we had that you could just say, Hey, what about this idea? I've been trying this or I'm encountering this particular issue. And like you said, just almost not exactly decision treeing it, but doing (laughs) the walkthrough and finding the different paths. I know I've done this my entire life. So I, I annoyed the hell out of Scott and everybody else by asking 15,000 questions just for the sake of like, okay, go through this decision path and figure it out. And then we got there. Do we, what does that mean? Do we win? Do we lose? Do we have to change this? Could we have made a decision three points up? And then that would have given us a different branching path. It's, I'm a question guy. So I have to like get it out there, whiteboard it for me to be able to see it. And that, having those other people to bounce it off of someone else to look at that whiteboard made a significant difference. Yes. Dan's in the chat saying, Scott at five thirty nine AM. I have an idea. Call me on the way to work. Right. <laughs> he did say, pick up the phone whenever. So <clears throat> yeah. I mean, luckily we, luckily the three of us also have uh convenient schedules close to each other. So yeah, exactly. Well, so. According to Dan, I didn't annoy anybody, especially him. I'm like, 
Okay, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, the written word is not uh, does not convey emotion. Yes, so. <laughs> that is very true. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. My wife is busting my chops in there too, uh, in chat. But anyway, so let's get closer to the event and talk about, because you'd mentioned some of the meetups, some of the dinners. So like Thursday, we we all hit up, I guess it's your favorite place in the city? No, I mean, I <laughs> like it. I, I like it when we're going out for large group dinners because it makes things easy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we went to Maggiano's with the, the team, the, the, the people that would then that moment join the team officially and um the team level of the patrons that joined the team for that uh team level tier that we have for all the major events mm-hmm. uh, we hit up maggiano's um quote on us um so we're happy to give back to the people that were there um as like a celebration for all the effort that we had put into the event ahead of time because the logistics of packs unplugged and the event itself just weren't going to work out where it was where any other night was going to be convenient. So especially yes. to eat a family style Italian meal. So yeah, that that might have been a challenge. That's a discussion for probably <laughs> another show, but we'll, right. we'll get there eventually. So um, so due to the nature of the meal, it just made the most sense to do it on the Thursday into Friday, especially for people in early. Right. Right. Um. So, uh, yeah, we got together in the city. I drove down, even though, like, I wasn't staying, you know, staying home. I was, like, 40 minutes west of the city. Um, and then you came in. You weren't staying downtown or anything. Yeah, either. exactly. Palmer as well. And then Dan went up staying at the, at the Airbnb, which is only, like, a couple miles away from, you know, and I say a couple miles, but it's an annoying drive or walk, but... Well, to be fair, any drive into the city is going to be annoying, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, by yeah, definition. Happens, is there a city in... To be a, Go ahead. Very congested area. It happens to be in a very congested area. Yeah. Uh, um, of the city specifically, but my drives in were fine, honestly, <laughs> each time, but... And yes, chat, you're right. It was carb loading before the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Although it was on Thursday, so really it was two days in advance, so I don't, I don't know if that works out. I'm... I'm not a dietitian. Yeah, and to be honest with you, like, we, I thought we were going to discuss more of the actual, like, you know, X's and O's, and we, we kind of didn't, to be honest with you, so I think that was good. Yeah, it was very, it was just, like, a fun hangout, which is cool, and to be honest, that was something I was going to probably bring up again when we talk about uh, Friday and Saturday, like, before the event. Mm-hmm. What I always did when I was playing sports and I play other games prior to this was I just try and stay loose because at a certain point you at least for me I just have to accept the work that I've done so it's like either I'm prepared or I'm not me playing one more game the morning of or like you know reading my my notes or something one more time it's like either I've got it or I don't I'm not going to cram before the event I'd rather just be loose and relax mentally and physically Especially when we're talking about this length of event with this level of competition. Yeah, which is unique considering how this wound up, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we, we talked <laughs> about makeup for an extensive <laughs> period of time at, on Thursday. I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> that... <laughs> I'm a big fan of certain makeup influencers for those out there. <laughs> yes. Uh, fun fact fun yeah. fact that you would not know normally <laughs> you learned today for those <laughs> those paying attention uh yeah and the other the other topics at dinner we'll leave off um yeah 
but yeah, for me at least, I it was it was definitely fun hanging out with everybody. We were all kind of just messing around. We were all uh, having fun with people we enjoy hanging out with, and also that we've been putting in a lot of work with. So it was nice to, for lack of a better way to put it, like it was a de stress before the main event. Um, from there it was, <clears throat> none of us played at, well, we all played a little bit on Friday, but it wasn't actually playing like in the, the LCQs, which to be honest, I intended to do initially. Like I had, had every intention of walking in and playing in a few LCQs, not explicitly to dream crush, but really just for the sake of playing. Yeah. Um, and, and we, this is again, probably something we'll get into later, but um, you know, one of the main attractions that I, I like about going to a pastimes event or going to really a lot of other organizers do this is, is, is like the prize wall and just that whole concept. Like you're not winning any one thing you're winning, like kind of like, I don't know, credit to get different prizes. And I think yeah, that whole a, aspect is cool. It's a, I guess, essentially store credit, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, which does and, give it a different feel than like. I mean, you're never going to please everybody. Most people would be like, if it was just win a box or win a few boxes, I don't think anybody would complain, but it is cool that like, oh, well, I don't really need more packs. I'm going to pick up sleeves and a binder or some of the other swag. Right. If you want like a, if you play D&D, there's like a D&D book there. You might. Yeah. Like, it, you know, or you want to try a different game, like the starter deck of some other game. Yeah. Or even if they, I was a little surprised, but I think they had that. Uh, sweet double-sided playmat as part of the ply ply wall prize wall or my pin that I lost that I can't find anyway you You lost the pin Uh, yeah I don't know where it is well you'll probably find it in 10 years with all that other stuff in your bag (laughs) it might be in my bag you're right yeah it might be in my bag it probably is in my bag I mean I don't know where else you would have put it other than in your bag like that kind of makes sense in the bag or in my pocket. I checked on my pocket. I guess, it's yeah. It's what? probably in the bottom of the bag somewhere. Okay, so you got the playmat, right? I bought the playmat ahead of time. Okay, so is it just me or does the Decepticon side look significantly sharper, like color-wise, than the Autobot side? I think that's intentional because of like the the effects of the war or something like that on one well, side. It's, the yeah, it seemed like the, the Autobot side, especially as Drew was describing it in the interview, which you could always head over there to, to get his words on it, like rather than me paraphrasing it. But it's supposed to be, you know, the first Siege 1 is loosely Autobot-themed. Siege 2 is loosely Decepticon-themed. Decepticon surprise win in Siege 2. Uh, and it's very, it seemed very much grittier, on the art on the Autobot side than the Decepticon side, whereas the Decepticon side is like the colors were much sharper. I, I just liked the art more on top of liking the characters anyway, but the Autobot side is very Band of Brothers looking to me. And the Decepticon side is very, uh, I don't know, Game of Thrones throne room looking to me. So like, I think that those are both apt descriptions. So yeah. So I'll probably keep it on the Decepticon side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I really do like the uh the artwork across both. It was um it, they were definitely very cool looking. Um yeah. So like I said, n- none of us as far as I know unless I missed something, you know, as I was wandering around the uh exhibitor hall, I don't think any of us played in the LCQs, but we were keeping tabs on it just to see what was showing up. It seemed like 
it was wall-to-wall shockwave, at least in the first one. Uh, I'm not sure about the later ones. Yeah, and again, we did not play in them because we thought they were should only be for unqualified players or because really they for any reason uh, other than we we had to interview we had interviews to do and and they yep. were scheduled at at times that just didn't make it convenient for us to play in like a minimum four to five hour event so um exactly you know that was that so we we interviewed i mean i didn't get a chance to, i only made it like a couple booths into the actual convention <laughs> um one suggestion i will make for people is i would I would come in the night before and get your badge the night before, or else you have to wait and get it on. Yeah, if you had the Broad Street, when so. we came in on Thursday, it took all of like thirty seconds. There was no one there. Yeah, I mean, you um, can actually get them mailed to you. That's what my wife did. Um, but since we, I, our, we we got ours free, so exactly, yeah, through the different events, so you had to go collect them. Yeah, or like we had press badges, but it was the same way. Like you couldn't get them sent to you, you had to pick them up, but right. I would highly recommend going in Thursday night, assuming it's the same schedule next year. I think they've already announced it's the 20th to the 22nd of uh, 2020, 2020. So I assume it's another three day con. Mm-hmm. Like go in the night, go in the night before and you know, get your badge. I think it, I don't even know what time it ran till. Um, I want to say it was pretty tonight. late, but yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Make the effort to come in early and get your, your, your first day really annoying. Um, so, yeah, it's not, it's a, like we talked about before, it's one of those simple things that like can put you on the bad foot sort of thing immediately. Uh, so it's easier just to get it out of the way, especially then you don't have to worry about does your travel interfere, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so after we jumped out of the awful line um, <laughs> that we didn't actually have to be in, uh, we we actually got into the convention center, into the actual area pretty easily, and that was the same way we came in on the street every day. Um, like I said, just due to the scheduling of the interviews, we basically just sat around and chilled out and met people and chilled out basically all day. And then eventually went to, after we had our interview and after other people that we were eating with had their, um, discussions with Drew, we went to, um, what was it? Uh, that place across bottom. from there. Yeah. Well, it's not victory. It's not rock bottom. It's a, what's the place called? The brewery place. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name of the place. They're all over the place. There's yeah. Like this, there's one in all, there's, there's I'm one sure we'll think of it in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll, I, I have like, I have Fieldhouse in my head, but it's not Fieldhouse. Yeah. Fieldhouse uh-huh. is the other place. Yeah. Um, so we went there, had a good dinner, like real typical bar food. And then basically this was, so we had an early dinner and a whiter dinner than the night before. <laughs> well, I don't know if yes. you had a heavier dinner than the night before. <laughs> um, yeah. And, so we went back to the, the card hall and we said, okay, we're going to get in, um, you know, a few hours of play testing before we, um, you know, have to submit our deck list online by midnight. Right. And, you know. Yeah. You, Iron you Hill, is that it? Iron Hill, yeah. Yeah, so, Chuck. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Iron Hill. So, and, you know, had, you had to submit your deck list online. So we only had, you know, a certain period of time. And... Yeah, so this was like what seven thirty, eight o'clock. We're getting back to the cardinal. Yeah, and we ran into um, Top Deck Games, which had a table there, and they were. I guess they were probably running Pokemon events there. I want to say, but they were. Like, they had the, like, two right? booths, yeah, because they had a separate yeah. one out in the middle of the exhibitor hall. 
yeah, well, whatever we went to, I think was like the Pokemon area they were running, and like, is there any events going on? They're like, no. Well, can we play on your tables that you have reserved for whatever? Because they were like, you know, not near anything else, but still within the giant hall. So like, we just right. were able to we were able to play basically quote at our local store <laughs> um, that was there. Yeah, yeah. And so Andrew was like, look, I want to show you my Galaxy Prime deck, and we, I, you know, we I said, you know, we were very set on running Jetfire. Yep. And I, I didn't think the results that were being given were um, they were correct results, but I, I, I needed to see it for myself. And then within five games, I just looked over and I said, all right, you know. <laughs> Call the audible. I got crushed. <laughs> I mean, I got cr- so, so head to head, I lost all five games as Jetfire. Um, and then I basically said to you, sitting next to me, hand me this deck, hand me that deck, hand me yeah. this deck, hand me that deck. And, you know, I said, hand me Blaster. It beat it. Hand me, and then I said, hand me Shockwave. And then, you know, what was really cool was Andrew said, no, now you run the Galaxy Prime, which, you know, obviously I never ran before. And I'll run the Shockwave. Yeah. And you'll, and you can figure out, you know, without even knowing how it does. Yeah. And again, beat it three games. And I looked over to you and Dan. I just said, you know, I'm totally comfortable running Jetfire. Because I think it's strong in this in this field, there aren't going to be a lot of people, in my opinion, running this deck. If it is a counter to it, I, I don't really know. Even to this moment, I don't. I can explain sort of why it is, but again, we're not going to get into that right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but looking at it from a Spheres perspective, and sorry to keep coming back to this, but it came up many times on the weekend, whether it was with Watsi, whether it was with other players and things like that. Like mm-hmm. whether they need to be modified or not. The, the concept still holds true, but the fact of the matter is the Jetfire deck we had been working on and perfecting for the last month to the, to the, to the day. And again, Palmer ran it to a top 32 finish. So yeah, um, there's I'll a funny story about that later on. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll leave that one for Palmer, but <laughs> yeah, I'll be doing a deck tag on it um, as well soon. Okay. Um, but it was attacking on a very similar axis. It was a very heavy con- three-wide control deck with a very large character at the center of it that eventually, you know, does all the work. Yeah, they take over and, the game. And and since, you know, the one deck was beating the other, it would just be hypocritical from a severe perspective not to run the deck and not to, um, not to make that the right choice. Well, like you because, said, previously like, run the best deck in the sphere if they're attacking on the same axis. Right, and because we, because I feel like at, in the moment we had access to it, it would be stupid and hypocritical not to run it. So shout out to Andrew uh, Duvall from uh, what is now Vector Sigma and you know PBG, and to George Machado for for they 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 weren't like haha see we found something better than you at all like it was just like a here's here's what we found to prove us wrong and when we couldn't you know then it just immediately like it was like immediate hmm. it was yeah. Okay, okay, let's figure out a sideboard together. Exactly. It was not like here. So it was just like a complete team effort in the end, even though they obviously had the genesis of the deck to begin with. And I will say, and I'm sure Dan will get into this, um, and I have my own thoughts as well. Like, I think if we had even a couple weeks on or under our belts with it, I, there are definitely changes I would have made mm-hmm. having, played, having played through six rounds with the event and, and, and with the deck a bunch. Right. But um, given the time constraints, uh, and by time constraints, you mean about three hours. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just sleeved up what was there and went with it. Um, yeah. And I, obviously, it was the right choice. Well, obviously, obviously, clearly, like you said, a lot of work on their part went into getting it to that stage. And like you had said earlier, it's very much a you trust these individuals, you trust the effort and work that they put in. So, yeah. at least for me personally, because I actually, and I'll elaborate this on this in other mediums later on because i have a whole bunch of words to write about the event and other things is that i was the daring escape guy for a while so like i put a lot of effort into that and then the gears shifted very close to the event so i was to be honest i put in as many games as the jet like i played a lot of games against jetfire but playing as jetfire as many as that deck so the entire time i'm a hundred percent taking everything on faith and i don't at no point did I feel like there was never a doubt in my mind about what you were saying or what Dan was saying or what those guys were saying. Everybody that was there and uh, Cameron saying this in chat, it was a very collaborative process that it, and again, it's leveraging and utilizing those teammates that are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like we said, there would be more shout outs. So like you said, Scott, shout out to them for definitely getting everything there like there was a a herculean effort to make that thing so yeah and again the main focus of this podcast is not about the decks themselves but i will say that the main thing that was i I will say the two main things that convinced me were and this is something again we'll get into and i think this is definitely more prevalent in the galaxy prime deck it may be unique to the galaxy prime deck i'm not positive yet but um just a couple of strategic things, but like using your hit points as a resource was very prevalent in that deck. Of course, um, yeah. Which sounds weird because that's like a, a relatively common card game thing. As you know, I'm saying it to you, yeah. but like you already know that. Like in general, like that's a common thing, but it, this does it to an extreme. <laughs> yeah, so like the number of attacks that you normally have much different when you have a 21 health starting character that can equip three can go up to 35 so um you know there's that aspect of it um as well as so that really affects the turn sequence and then the the big thing for me was being shown the what it also allows you to do is play things like equipment enthusiast and work overtime like as powerful card draw engines that like they may much fairer card draw engines than they (laughs) might otherwise be (laughs) yeah Yes, but but they but there's a reason for them here. Like you know, mm-hmm. like it's basically. I, I guess what I can say is, don't take any aspect of a character or any battle card granted. Like they're they all should be working together in concert. Um, right. You know, the flip whether you get it off or not, even if it, it's just value. Like if you every time you get it during a game, you feel like you 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 do like a fist pump because you're like, well. I only have a 50, you know, maybe a little more, a little less than 50% chance to get it. But when you do, you're cheating for that yeah. turn. Like when, it, and when you attack and get the, and when you attack and get the free upgrade, you're doing the same thing. Exactly. So yeah. it basically went from like, yes. I mean, there are certain tricks in the deck to make sure you get off one or the other, especially like from the incoming transmission perspective or in testing a very early version, we have been playing Secret Dealings, for example, to get off similar things. You can set it up to where it's going to work out to your advantage, 
But on the flip side, even if you don't, it's basically just like there's a lot of opportunities where you'll take those 50-50 shots and over the course of a game, because you have so many hit points, yeah, you will eventually get enough free actions and upgrade plays to where it's powerful. That's the It's going to work where... eventually, right? <laughs> like yeah, You yeah. do it enough times, yeah. it's going to work. Exactly. Dan, Dan's saying, or you could just, you know, flip checkpoints and right. it seems, I mean, it seems okay. So, you know, yeah, I mean, but the point is like, I guess in testing, if it wasn't done early and often enough, it, they were, the abilities were written off as being too gimmicky, cutesy, yeah, yeah. cutesy or gimmicky, like whatever. But like in reality, that doesn't matter. And I remember back to our original review of the card where we where I said focus on the fact that you get three three utility slots. Like, yes, yeah. that is still the case. You're, the whole point of the deck is that you get three utility, but it's what you can do with them and what they do for you that is more powerful. Than just being able to stick a bunch of stuff on him. It's like, what mm-hmm. does it mean once you have a bunch of stuff on? Him? How do you get that stuff on them easier than like you know? I'm not going to play new designs, but you have a built-in new designs ability. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we'll go into it further, and Dan, I'm sure, men have already done a deck tech if, if by the time this goes live. But mm-hmm. that's basically like the only strategy part that I wanted to talk about with the deck, and it was shown to us that night. And luckily, as a team, we were able to adapt very quickly to to make yeah. it work. Well, so that is one of the, I guess, cardinal sins because we've even said that before when we were talking way back, like over the summer, I guess, when we were talking about preparing for an event of trusting yourself and you know this deck and testing got you this far obviously there there's exceptions to every rule i guess <laughs> for obviously um did you want to say anything about that end it, it, i mean you did say a lot about what entailed and what drove the 11th almost literally 11th hour audible um but anything else you want to add on that front we could probably do a whole podcast on itself but i can tell you that like mm. Oh yeah, we definitely, I'm sure we could drag that out to like 90 minutes, but go ahead. I don't recommend it to everybody. This is not a do, this is a do as I say, not as I do moment, because (laughs) I've done this before in multiple card games, and Mm. like, so I'm used to it, unfortunately, like, I did in the first World of Warcraft world, where I was literally running around the convention center in San Diego buying commons for a dollar to try to build four versions of a deck, because... My test, one of my testing partners just wasn't playing the deck correctly until it was shown to us by teammates, again, from another city. So, right. again, so that's that's probably another thing I'll say is that, like, if you can and you have the ability to, I mean, the internet exists. If you can talk to people <laughs> in other places that just see things from a different perspective, that'll help you as well. This is, not, this is now mm-hmm. the second major time that I've done this. Not counting the fact that a lot of my other teams in other games were purposely made up of people from other cities to avoid this, like to, to help this situation in general, knowing that. Right. So, right. Um, it's to avoid group think at a local level. So, but again, we could probably talk about this for a long time, but. Oh yeah. We did. We'll just cursory level for now, but yeah, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll dive back into it and in future shows, but it's, it's definitely something to keep in mind and an important facet of, the story um as i guess the only other thing i'll weekend. say the only other thing i'll say is this is what makes a team and and again we can we will expand on this later but we all chose to play 
again, except for Palmer, because he didn't know, and that's our fault. But that's <laughs> yeah. there. Sorry, um, Palmer. <laughs> if you're listening to this, I couldn't type it up faster. <laughs> he's still top 32. Yeah, he um, did. Well, because the other deck was still good. Right, 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 right. Like, but anyway, so, yeah. So, including including a team-level patron, six out of seven of us ran the exact same list, got the cards together. Again, it's... The one thing I will say is bring your cards to the event. Like, the luggage could be heavy, but it's not that heavy. We're still talking about cardboard objects. So bring, like, a playset, if you can, to the event. You can fit um, a significant number of battle cards in just a 200-card box, and it's a carry-on. Right. Um, again, like I, like, I knew it was going to happen. There were a lot of dealers on site, only pastimes as far as I know, but I didn't walk the dealer all, so I'm not positive about that. I saw there, a um, lot of people selling packs. I believe pastimes is the only people that only set up selling singles. Can't talk. I mean, there's a significant singles dealer that lives 40 minutes north of the city. I also might. Yes, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so um, we were fortunate enough to again have access to our own collections at home. But I would highly recommend that for anybody that doesn't that comes and travels into the area to bring enough cards if you choose to do um, change your deck on the fly or you know play in other events and things like that. Um, so that's one aspect. But the other thing, I through team, like we all switched to the same deck. Um, we all ran the same deck, so yeah. like we all believed that we, this was not like a everybody run their own thoughts as to what they they how they personally want to approach the situation and and you know come out of it that way. Like I think we we try to row in the same direction and yeah trust each trust each other enough that whatever we say, you know, gun to your head. Not literally, but very <laughs> well, yes. figuratively. Yeah, he has to point um, it out because the, the I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Was anybody actually going to think that was serious? <laughs> no, but I guess I mean like as close to that as possible. Like, you know, like pin you down. And say, yeah, yeah, no, I get wrong. you. I knew what you meant, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing all... at chat also, but I'll, I'll yeah. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I guess we all like the fact that we all we were all going to run the same thing regardless. Right. So I think, and I think that's important that like whatever the call eventually was, I don't, I'm not saying it was any one person individually is, um, we all chose that and thought it yes. was the right decision no matter what happened. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, that's a big part of being a team. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Like I said earlier that for me, it was, it, I was very much in that boat of, I'm leaning on everybody else and I'm trusting their results and their decisions to help inform my own. And for my own part, it ended up working out okay playing play Galaxy Prime. I bombed out a little bit and sealed, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so I guess it's kind, that might it's as well... Like what was that? It's like the question that people used to ask when I used to play a lot of Texas Hold'em. What's that? And people would... Well, people would say, like, what's your favorite hand? And I'm like, if you don't say aces, you're just not playing the game. Like, there's just no other answer. Mm. Like, I, like, like I, I don't care how many times you want to go in with Jack-10 offsuit. It's, it's not the right answer to that question. And the question is <laughs> stupid, stupid for even being asked. So, yeah, it's the same, it's the same thing here. Like, when you go in with, with the deck that you feel represents the information you have, it's going to be best at the event. Mm. 
period. And like the reason to have these people around you is that you're all putting a collective opinion as to what the metagame is going to look like. And so therefore you're choosing what the best answer is. So you're going in with aces. Like no matter like you're you're you should always be going in with your opinion at that event of is and there should be no such thing as well that guy over there is running Jack Ten off suit because that's what he likes to do. Yeah, that that's not true. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, I I think that's a very appropriate analogy. I I I get it. I hope it, everybody follows because I think that that's pretty accurate for going into this. Uh, yeah, yeah, something we can expand on later. But oh yeah, again trying to touch a little bit on everything and then like i said we'll be doing this from now and for the next decade or so and that is merely a slight exaggeration folks because we haven't actually made it to the event but we will shortly because you're going to hear in the next recording the second half or so of this conversation where we do a cursory dissection of the actual event itself and the other events surrounding it so as always, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and please tune in next time for more Tech Talk.